Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, comedian, filmmaker, catalogist of the ages. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and so we're here to catalog the films of 1977. We have reached the end of our fifth season. Amazingly, we have produced five seasons of this podcast. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. And, and I was... I was counting, and I think if I counted accurately, this this episode that we're recording now is our 75th episode. So Dave, you know. put a little of that celebration music in there. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's Dave Rosen, professional composer. Yeah, that's what you that's music. what you get if you sign up for the Patreon, folks. <laughs> uh, so we spent this season talking about the films of 1977 and a lot of great films, a lot of variety. We talked about a lot of comedy in this season, which was cool, something that we hadn't done as much of in previous seasons. But as we do at the end of each season, we're kind of looking back at our various categories and what else we could have chosen. What are some of the other notable movies of the year? So we're going to go through and talk about that. Yeah. And real fast, I really love this season. I thought we had a good swath of uh, different, different types of films. And, you know, like we really focused on a lot of iconic movies from 77. I feel like I've used the word iconic in like each of the last five episodes. And, uh, I think this year has so many movies that still hold up and that are still essential viewing. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that iconic thing that there are, there are so many movies that we talked about that have become these sort of pop culture monoliths almost or that have been so influential on different genres going forward that they really pioneered. And so this was a big year for all that. And yet there's still tons of really uh, important films that we didn't get to. And we started off the season with the box office champion, which of course was Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is a box office champion of, of all time for many years following this. Um, and we actually talked about a lot of the other big movies at the box office, including Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Saturday Night Fever, which is in our special bonus episode that you can get on Patreon, uh, and The Goodbye Girl. All of those were in the top five. Uh, the number two movie of the year at the box office was Smokey and the Bandit, which we almost talked about was one of our audience choice poll choices, but did not make it. Uh, a Bridge Too Far and the uh, shark thriller, The Deep, with Jacqueline Bissett, which I have actually seen, uh, as well as the James Bond movie, The Spy Who Loved Me, some of the other big box office movies of 77. The only one I really want to watch is Smokey and the Bandit, which I have to admit I have never seen. I have not either, and we almost had a chance to watch it, and we didn't, but maybe we'll get back to it some at some point in the future. Our first feature pick was David Lynch's Eraserhead, uh, which was quite an experience <laughs> to watch. Um, <laughs> Some of the other first feature possibilities that we talked about were Ridley Scott's uh, The Duelists, Ron Howard's Grand Theft Auto, and uh, Terry Gilliam's Jabberwocky. We have, of course, talked about Terry Gilliam in the past. We talked about uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen in our 89 season. Um, and actually, I haven't seen any of those movies. And one, one that you suggested, Jason, was Sam Raimi's it's Murder, which is one of these movies we, we talked about a little in the Close Encounters episode about uh, Steven Spielberg's movie that he made as a teenager. And I think this is kind of on the level of that. I don't know if that movie is actually available to watch anywhere, but it's technically Sam Raimi's first feature. Well, if it's not available to watch, Josh, then we should watch it. 
Um, <laughs> no, I mean, Eraserhead is, uh, as we said, it's so influential on a uh, the future of midnight movies and kind of low budget cultish horror surrealist avant garde cinema. And the story of how he put that movie together was really interesting. And David Lynch. He's having a moment, but his whole career has been him having a moment. So, you know, he's uh, as beloved now as ever. He is. And I think Eraserhead is still a cornerstone of Lynch's career, whereas maybe some of those other debuts are not as notable in the careers of their filmmakers. So uh, we made the right Well, Josh, I want to add one more thing since Halloween is, yes. co- since Halloween is coming up. All it takes is a little hairspray, Dave. And you could go as a racer head. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Glad we got another mind. reference to Dave's hair in this season. <laughs> For our Cannes uh, Film Festival winner, we kind of switched it up. We talked about Robert Altman's Three Women, which had won an award, a Best Actress Award at Cannes for Shelley Duvall. We did not talk about the Palme d'Or winner, uh, which is the Italian film Padre Padrone. We talked a little bit. We mentioned it a little in the episode. Um, I watched it. It's a... It's a rough watch, but is an interesting uh, sort of coming of age story about a, a young man in Sardinia that uh, was based on a memoir and is available online. Uh, on I watched it on Canopy if anyone wants to check it out. Um, some other films that were in competition at Cannes included uh, The American Friend by Vim Vendors, Bound for Glory by Hal Ashby, um, The Duelists, the Ridley Scott movie that we just mentioned. Uh, and Car Wash, which doesn't seem like the most likely movie to be at the Cannes Film Festival, but was and actually won an award for Best <laughs> Music. And uh, The Duelist won an award for Best First Work for Ridley Scott. Were you there, Josh? You you had a lot of knowledge on this festival. I was I was there on the Wikipedia page <laughs> oh, for this okay, festival. Okay. Three women, <laughs> I would say um, one of the more interesting, like not one of my favorite movies, but especially the technical stuff that he does where he's just zooming into random things with these sound effects just to make you feel uncomfortable. Like I kind of loved all that stuff. Yeah, I think that was fascinating. It was good to get to talk about Robert Altman, who's an extremely important filmmaker of the 70s. And I I don't think we would have done well with a whole episode on Padre Padron. But if you watched it, let us know what you think, uh, especially about the bestiality. So... (laughs) Um, well, that took an unexpected turn for me. So. It was unexpected for me when I was watching the movie, I have to say. Um, our box office flop episode was all about Martin Scorsese's New York, New York. We only had, as far as I could tell, there was only one other option that we looked at, which was Viva Knievel, the evil Knievel biopic that he starred in as himself, which I have not seen. Sounds but, um, awesome. I, 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 it might be, obviously not very many people saw it because it was a flop, but any, any project like that, that's kind of a ridiculous, like vanity project with uh, these famous people who decide to make movies about themselves is, is generally going to be pretty fascinating. Well, you know, the thing is we really leaned into the major figures because the, they were all so important in the seventies to redefine what American cinema was. And Scorsese, as you know, is like my favorite director. So I'm kind of saddened that this was the first one we covered, but I expect we'll have more Scorsese picks uh, coming forward. And uh, if not, you know, we've already done Pulp Fiction, which is kind of a Scorsese pick. So. I'm sure we'll get to Scorsese again. I mean, it's 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 pretty unavoidable. Not that we were trying to avoid it. But no, I mean, and uh, so many major films. We actually do have a Scorsese movie planned for a future season. Hint, hint. We do. By the way, guys, if 
you don't notice this was the only movie I didn't watch this season. I did notice that because that movie is tough to find. Right. It's not available to stream anywhere. And, and Jason and I watched it on DVD. But um, yeah, we, we have to give Dave some credit. We we kind of mocked him in past seasons for not having watched <laughs> Deservedly the so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But Dave stepped up. He watched almost all of the movies this season and, and had some nice contributions. I think well. so. I like, uh, I like the show better when uh, Dave participates and watches the movies. I would say I would compare Dave's involvement in the early seasons to uh, his Patreon subscribers' involvement <laughs> to the Patreon, as in little to none. Uh, hey, that's that's our Patreon too, so don't don't insult it. Too. I don't know what you're talking about. I have never officially associated myself with it. Uh, our documentary episode, we talked about Pumping Iron, the. Uh, bodybuilding documentary with Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I thought was a lot of fun. That was maybe uh, possibly my most kind of pleasant surprise this season in terms of movies that I'd never seen before. It was, I think, very entertaining. Our other possibilities that we mentioned were uh, 21 Up, which of course is part of Michael Apted's very long running um, Up series and is actually the first one in that series that was feature length. The first two, um, 7 Up and uh, 7 Plus 7, were both short films. Um, and that series, of course, is still ongoing. I think the most recent installment just came out this year. So it's amazing. That's amazing. That. That's amazing that it's still. Yeah. Is that is uh, that widely available or what is the up series on? I think I'm not sure where I might be on Criterion or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it is fairly widely available. I've seen um, I've seen at least the first one and I think I may have seen that. Second yeah, one too, I, so I watched the first one with you. Uh, yeah, there you go. And I think I might have watched the second one on my own at one point. Um, but I think those are widely available and they get longer. I mean, it, it, as it became this more involved project, I think later installments in it are, are close to like three hours long each. And he really delves into the lives of these people. But it's really kind of an unprecedented thing in the world of documentary yeah. filmmaking. And if you don't know what it is, it's basically it's seven up. He it must have been seven kids. Right. And the first one, he follows seven British school children and then every seven years he makes another documentary about them like throughout their whole lives pretty much yeah i'm not sure exactly what the most recent one is but they're i think they're in their 60s at this point and apted himself is like oh i think around maybe in his 80s and at some point he's gonna have to hand this project off to someone else yeah well the um, last one will be very short josh yeah oh that's nice um <laughs> we also i think jason probably you suggested a couple of music movies for this potentially the grateful dead movie and something called punk in London, which I'm not familiar with at all. Well, punk punk music was, you know, 1977, maybe the most essential year to punk music. So, um, and uh, the Grateful Dead, um, my dad followed them around. So, uh, you know, hey, why not? Okay. I think we made the right choice on that one. I think so, too. <laughs> I think we did as well. I mean, we had to. It's pumping iron, man. Yeah. Um, my, my pick was the late show, Robert Benton's, uh, detective comedy with Art Carney and Lily Tomlin. Uh, the one other movie that I really considered was David Cronenberg's rabid, um, which is great. And I love early Cronenberg and his weird out there body horror, but we actually talked about a Cronenberg film. We talked about crash in our 96 season. So wanted to go in a different direction on that. And I thought it was fun to talk yeah, about the late show. Of, of course he directed the grateful dead movie. So, you know, we could have, <laughs> oh no, it didn't happen. Yeah, you never know. Um, no, the Grateful Dead movie was directed by Jerry Garcia. That's exciting. Good for him. Yeah. So. Our foreign film pick was Werner Herzog's Strosek, which is another strange one, but interesting to talk about. 
We also mentioned as a possibility uh, the Japanese film House or Hausu, which uh, if you think Strosek is crazy, right. watch House. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that could have been a cult classic as well. It could have. That movie is fucking insane. Um, <laughs> and uh, would have been interesting, but uh, yeah, Strosek was quite insane too. We also mentioned um, the man, uh, the man who loved women, Francois Truffaut's film, which he actually wrote on set at during his role in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which we did talk right, about. Right, that would have been, uh, I know you're gonna mention more, but that would have been yeah. the other kind of, um, really kind of interesting pick based on kind of what we've covered with Truffaut as an actor and the fact that, like you said, he wrote it while he was on Close Encounters there. Right, kind of a connection to one of our other uh, selections, but it's not necessarily Truffaut's you know, best known work. Um, there we, we also talked about uh, Paul Verhoeven's Soldier of Orange and Luis Buñuel's That Obscure Object of Desire. But, you know, Herzog, like you said, we got through so many of these major figures in filmmaking this season, and Herzog is another one of them. Making this choice is very difficult. Choosing between the life of one of my children and letting the other ones go is nearly impossible. What what where is what is Herzog doing in that impression? Like where where does that? Come he loves from? all the different movies. As where I was going with it, and you know oh, he had to choose okay. one. And well, you I know, got it. It would be like if I he had it. to murder his other kids. And, you know, it seems like something he might go for. So yeah, child murder definitely something Werner Herzog would talk. Well, Josh, um, you're the one who's uh, you know after your bestiality conversation for Padre Padron, you can go watch some child murder stuff. Why not? I'm uh, I'm an adventurous film goer. Um, Jason, your pick was Mel Brooks's High Anxiety. What else did you consider? Nothing. I considered nothing else, Josh. I, wow. I looked at other movies and I really wanted to do this one. I like I love Mel Brooks, and as I had stated, I think this is one of his uh, lost gems. It's it's a very good movie, um, if not at the level of you know his most famous ones, right below it. And I thought we should cover it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was good. And Mel Brooks, in his own way, is just as uh, important a filmmaking figure as Scorsese or Spielberg or some of the other people that we talked about this season. Um, we did not do an episode on the Sundance Film Festival for this season because, of course, it did not exist in 1977. We replaced that with the Golden Globes musical or comedy winner, The Goodbye Girl. And we actually covered every single other movie that was nominated in that category. Uh, Annie Hall, uh, High Anxiety. New York, New York, and Saturday Night Fever, which is our uh, special bonus episode. So really, we were on top of the Golden Globes. It's kind of funny because uh, New York, New York really feels like it doesn't fit. Right. It doesn't, but I think as we may have mentioned in that episode, the Golden Globes uh, often nominate movies more for who they want to show up at the yeah. Golden Globes ceremony right. than, than for actual quality. Um, the best picture winner was Annie Hall, um, and uh, we talked about a few, a couple of the other nominees for best picture: The Goodbye Girl, and Star Wars. Um, the other nominees were Julia, which is a Holocaust drama that I'm not familiar with at all, and The Turning Point by Herbert Ross, director of The Goodbye Girl. And we did talk about the kind of crazy year that Herbert Ross had. We did, and we also kind of mentioned uh, just still how fresh Annie Hall feels in a lot of ways and how important it is to the romantic comedy genre. And, and as you know, in the 1989 season, my pick was when Harry met Sally, which is a direct descendant of this film. Yeah. We've, we've kind of charted the romantic comedy here over the course of a few episodes, which is, 
yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, your your pick, Dave, was the Kentucky Fried movie. Did you have <laughs> other uh, considerations? Uh, yeah, I you know my film knowledge going to the seventies on back kind of takes a little bit of a dive, but I did have a couple possibilities. Uh, Susperia was one oh, yeah. that I thought about picking, and then one that would have been. Uh, Great to make Josh squirm. Uh, my mom's one of her favorite movies, Orca, the uh, oh. the Jaws, but with a uh, killer whale. Uh, you know, kind of not Horrible. parody, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be just terrible. I've never seen it, but she loves that movie. I'm glad you chose this one because I think you know the spoof we between that and high anxiety, and uh, we we really do- dove into the different types of spoof and really how it had its heyday and now is uh, uh, slumming it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was an interesting one to talk about. I will say, however, I'm totally up for watching Orca. You know, if we <laughs> want to do a bonus on that at some time and get your mom involved, I'm, nice. in, I'm in. Let's do it. Um, our future cult classic pick was the hockey comedy Slapshot. Some other considerations we had were John Waters' film Desperate Living. And I think we've we've mentioned John Waters a handful of times as a possibility. I'm sure we'll get to him eventually. Um, Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. And of course, we talked about Wes Craven in our first season when we talked about New Nightmare. Uh, George Romero's Martin. And George Romero, I think, another filmmaker that we'll, we'll eventually have to get to. And then Ralph Bakshi's fucking insane, another fucking insane movie to go along with Haosu, uh, Wizards, his animated film, which I saw at a comic book convention one time, and it's an experience. Josh, what you really get to is there was a lot of cocaine going on in the 77 and 76. <laughs> there was. I think we were talking about this, just you and I, that really, uh, we mentioned cocaine a lot in our New York, New York episode, but it probably could have. It permeates a, a lot of these, you know, so. Yes. It uh, it's in a way, it's kind of funny because I bet you like high anxiety, there was no cocaine on the set. <laughs> and, that, and that movie, you know, crazy in its own way. But, you know, Josh, uh, you had said that Pumping Iron was kind of your nicest surprise. Slapshot to me was, even though I had already seen it, I just really loved watching it. It was so much fun. Yeah, it is fun. I think uh, I think you liked it more than I did, but it, it's it, Paul Newman in that movie is so charming and likable that it really makes it an enjoyable experience to watch. Um, as mentioned, our audience choice, we uh, went with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, was the winner uh, among three iconic movies of 1977, along with Saturday Night Fever and Smokey and the Bandit. And we do have a special bonus episode on Saturday Night Fever that's available now on Patreon, which Jason hates. And, <laughs> and speaking of Orca, I noticed that my suggestion for our audience choice category was Jaws ripoffs. And the three choices would have been Orca and The Deep, which I had mentioned with Jacqueline Bissett, and a movie called Tentacles, which I guess is an octopus attack movie. And I was shot down on that, but I think that could have been fun. That could have been fun. I think we had to cover these iconic ones, you know. Um, I also had a possible replacement category for animated movies, which had The Rescuers, Wizards, Pete's Dragon, and Run for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's a weird assortment. Of, <laughs> right? Is that, is that is that Charlie Brown? Is that a feature film or is that like a TV? No, film? I think I even if it was made for TV, I think it's feature length. But it is a very uh, eclectic uh, um category of just animated movies those are four different yeah. different types of movies there so. and and maybe kind of a snapshot of where animation was in 1977 with the the divide between like disney with the rescuers and something totally underground like ralph bakshi yeah so uh it all comes I, back to cocaine <laughs> that it does <laughs> 
And then finally, we we had, you know, as always, we really appreciate uh, our interactions on uh, social media and listeners who give us some suggestions. We asked what people were interested in in hearing about. And a lot of the things that people suggested were movies that we talked about. So that's also nice, too, that hopefully people were interested in in all of this, some of the same things that we were interested in. Um, beyond that, uh, Ken Miller had suggested Sorcerer, the William Friedkin film, which is a remake of The Wages of Fear, which I haven't seen, but certainly is uh, looks fascinating. Chad Clinton Freeman suggested The Hills Have Eyes, and that's obviously a, a major horror film. And uh, Bradley Andrews suggested Hausu, so that movie certainly has a following. And uh, and then, of course, again, I think as, as he did in our last season, Joe Black sent us a list of every single movie that he's heard of that <laughs> was released in 1977. He's a completist. But man. some suggestions that he, he put in, some of the movies that he suggested that we didn't cover uh, include The Wizards, the Ralph Bakshi movie that we mentioned, another animated movie, The Hobbit, um, and William Friedkin's The Sorcerer, The Hills Have Eyes, uh, a Western starring Charles Bronson called The White Buffalo that uh, Letterboxd, I think, described as uh, like, as a Billy the Kid or uh, Wild Bill Hickok or some some Western figure meets Jaws. So that sounded like something. Hey, Buffalo, I'm going <laughs> to shoot you now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did not think that we would get to a Charles Bronson impression, but we we did. Um, the Spy Who Loved Me, the James Bond film, Smokey and the Bandit, Suspiria, which Dave mentioned, um, uh, Capricorn One, which is a weird sci-fi movie, and uh, A Bridge Too Far were some of his suggestions. So thank you to Joe Black, and thank you to everyone who has suggestions uh, for us. We hope to hear from you soon when we get to our next season yeah should we uh should we kind of tease that right now sure and josh right before i do want to again mention we had more participation in our audience choice on this season than ever before we love the interaction we thank you guys and we hope that that enthusiasm will continue with our next season another major blockbuster year josh 1984 Jason turned into some sort of sports announcer there. Um, 1984. This is one I think we've been planning this for a while and we kind of shifted it around as we covered other years, but we have definitely had a lot of enthusiasm for 1984. And so I think there's a lot of, as you said, it's a blockbuster year. So there's a lot of big movies coming up, but as we always have tried to do, we've got a mix. We've got some less uh, lesser known movies coming up as well. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. And before we get to 1984, we do have some bonus stuff uh, right now on our Patreon. You can check out our bonus episode on Saturday Night Fever from 1977. And as Halloween is on the horizon, we've got a couple of bonus episodes related to Halloween that are coming up as well. Well, talk um, about your tricks. Ooh, I mean <laughs> treats. That's what I really mean. Both of those things um, were, were kind of throwing it back to 2007, which was the year that we covered in our second season. And we've got a couple Halloween movies from 2007 that we're going to talk about. So check out all of that stuff and uh, check out uh, social media. You can check out our social media, Josh. We're at awesomemovieyear.com. Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. I'm Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. Go for Jason.com. Not the best. I'm at Josh Bell hates everything.com. Also not the best. 
Josh Bell hates everything on Facebook and jo and uh, not that, but Signal Bleed on Twitter. I know I've said it so many times and yet I can't say it. And you can listen to our producer, David Rosen's awesome podcast, Piecing It Together. Check out Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we talk about all these movies and also do some of that voting. Yeah, we get great feedback from that group. And again, we always appreciate it. So thank you for that. And thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.